hello and welcome to the Podquisition episode 15. That is a lot now. That is 15 hours of, of, of I was going to say entertainment, but that's pushing it. <laughs> 15 hours, it's 15 hours of stuff you really shouldn't have put in your ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 15 hours of stuff we shouldn't have done, you shouldn't have encouraged. But we're here now. We have to deal with it. Hello, Laura. Hello, I'm here. How are you today, Jim? I'm I'm splendid. I'm rip roaring to go. I'm feeling good. We are without Gavin oh, this week. I know Ubisoft. Ubisoft are just fed up of him, like constantly <laughs> hate speeching them, and they've they've gotten rid of him. They tried to get rid of him before, and he made it back within ten minutes of the episode. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to escape. So luckily this week, I think that Ubisoft might keep him captured all all episode long. <sighs> yeah, um, and what it is is he. What it really is, is he got interviewed by the Irish Examiner. And now um, he's too bloody good for us. Too good for us. Just yeah. just sold out, up sticks, decided, you know what, I'm too Hollywood uh, is, for you guys. He is too much of a rock and pop star. Yeah, he is officially Ireland's most important indie musician, therefore too important for us. And so He's the most important musician that nobody's bloody heard of. That was the the thing. I, I found that an interesting article. Actually, it's a shame that he's too good for us this week, um, because that that was a very interesting angle to take with it. Uh, because I I feel I think a lot of people who are prominent on the internet must feel that way, where they are. Uh, I mean, like out here in Mississippi, like I may very well be one of the most well-known prominent individuals in this state that nobody and, bloody knows who you are. Yeah. No one gives a shit. Uh, so it, it, it is interesting. Um, I mean, it reminds me of when I was in London, when I uh, worked for Destructoid originally, and how I'd uh, do... I'd, I'd drink champagne with CEOs at, at fancy <laughs> events by day. Then at night, I would go to the cab rank, where I was a dispatcher for taxis, and had people calling me from Newcross at 2am going, Where's my fucking car? Uh, it was an interesting duality of existence yeah it's an it's an interesting one when it's like yeah during the day i do all this interesting amazing stuff and people are like oh i admire what you do and then like i used to then go home and do like leave home and go work in a supermarket where people threw vodka bottles at me because i wouldn't serve them alcohol when they looked about 12 they love doing that in britain It's like throwing beverages, <laughs> throwing glass containers of beverages at you, and it's like, why won't you fucking serve me? Well, you look about twelve. Well, fuck off here, you fucking <laughs> fucking fucks at you, fucking hell. I had a um, I had a full can of of some sort of coke, a full full can of coke, like thrown at me from a moving car once. <laughs> yeah, that the sounds, fact it was that sounds like Britain. <laughs> It was the fact it was full. Like, like he'd clearly spent money on that drink. Possibly thirsty, but his contempt for this stranger in the street overwrought all of that. It's like, you know, could have cost him anywhere up to a quid, and he just threw it. It's clearly. Like, I don't think he regrets it. Well, had he opened it and started drinking it, or was this still sealed? It's like, no, 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 I just want a heavy object to throw at you, and a rock's not good enough. It, I need a full it, container of beverage. It was open. But the amount of of drink coming out of it like, seems to imply he either, like a grenade, op- like pulled the <laughs> ring before throwing, <laughs> maybe hoping it would explode, uh, or or like he he just was about to start and said, "What? There is a better way to use this," and threw it. So 
Yeah, that that's Britain for you. That, that many things have been thrown at me from moving cars. That just seems to be a practice in England. Um, <laughs> bits of stone. I don't know where they get. There must be people that bring stones into cars. Then they're they're throwing yeah. stones. You know. Oh goodness, my my most recent one is um, I what's the what's the British program? Um, the Inbetweeners. Um, mm. driving past bus shops, uh, bus stops, and shouting "wanker" is a thing they do in that show. And I had the people drive past, and they drove past in their car and leaned out the window to go "bus wanker." And then about a minute later, the same car drove past and shouted it again. Like, they'd obviously done a loop of the block to come back and, you know, be like, I don't think they got the joke that we are saying that they are a wanker for standing at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. Therefore, let's do a loop of the road and re- come back round and we'll repeat the joke in the hopes that this time they will understand they're a wanker at the bus stop. <laughs> I'm imagining just these guys, like, high off the crime. You know, they just shouted bus wanker. They're, they're driving... Down to the you know the spa around the corner or something, and they're just like like, like hilariously having the best time of their lives. Like I can't believe we just called that version of bus wanker. Like, what she didn't hear us. What? They might not have heard us. <laughs> but we ju- we shouted it really loud. Did you shout it loud enough? Think, think back. Did you? Did say, you did shout you it loud it early- enough? Did you say it early enough? How does science work? If we say it before, like when we're there. <laughs> Will by the time we get away, will it be? Will 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 they not be able to hear it? Do we do we have to I start no shouting "bus wanker" before we get to the bus wanker? David, I've got no fucking idea. Bus wanker, so that they get the whole bus wanker experience. Oh god! Oh Jesus Christ! Fucking hell! All right, where's the nearest turn off? We're going round again. I know. Okay, this time, this time, we've got to do a preemptive bus wanker. Clear and fucking concise, Delvin. Right. You gotta make it shorter so they can hear the whole thing. So that the uh, what's that bloody effect where it, it, it changes pitch as you drive past in the the way it appears. I don't know what the the fucking effect's called. It's a fucking I don't know, but word, but because of that we got you to fucking get it right because it I'm right. not going around a third time because no. my mum wants a silk cut. Mm. So that's that that was a brief vignette <laughs> provided by us into <laughs> modern British life for you. Uh. Um, so that's exciting. What the hell? Has been going on with video. Actually, I know what's been going on with video what games because there's going? a game we've both. There's a game we've both played. Uh, we, we 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 both experienced whatever this was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That 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 that's the, that's a good description of it. Is it just whatever it is? Whatever it is. Uh, we, we we have played we it. Uh, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, this is a game called How Do You Do It, uh, which, I mean. Even calling it like, like I'm not I'm one of those people who who hates the argument that something isn't a game, um, you know if if it's being presented as a game, a game can mean many things. Yeah. It doesn't just mean you know failure state. It doesn't just mean you know you have a gun. But to um, be fair, this this did have a failure state. Did it? So I don't yes. understand a single okay. fucking like, like I this will, is I will ex- alien. We will to get me. we will get to this later, but there is a failure state. But you have to actively make like an effort to hit the failure state. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's this is a video game in which you play a young girl who's probably what nine or ten. Uh, I think like, she, I think canonically she's well, eleven. Okay, so around that like the the turn of the of the double digits and. Mm-hmm. Your mum's gone out to the shops or something. She gets in the car and you look over to your toy chest and there is a Barbie and a Ken, essentially. And it's like, hmm, I'm going to take the clothes off these dolls and try and work out what sex is. Yep. Yeah, that, yep. That's more or less, that's the premise. Um, again, I mean, if, 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 I'm, if I'm understanding the whole 
uh, how do you do it law correctly, then um, she's mimicking what she saw on Titanic. Yes, yes, because they make reference to Jack and Rose and sort of like, oh, why was it? Why was there smoke inside the car so that we couldn't see it? Like, what's what is what smoke doesn't go inside cars? What's going on? Yeah, they're talking about hugs on the floor uh, and things like that. It's like, mummy and daddy like kissing a lot. I wonder if sex is like kissing. Yeah. A lot. Um, And yeah, it's you sort of, you have controls where you can move your hands, move your hands up, move your hands down, move them further apart from each other, move them closer to each other. And and each of the dolls you can rotate. Rotate your dolls. uh, And then you you just kind of bash them together a bit and... Maybe do sex a hundred and something times? We don't know. Yes, yes, you, you, you do sex every time you bash the dolls together. Uh, well, you uh, maybe do sex. It. You maybe you, do sex. You maybe do sex. Like, again, yeah. you see, this is where, this is the complex algorithms buried deep within how do you do it that I'm just not understanding. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, because it's like, it, it says at the end you maybe did sex however many times you hit them together, and, like, if you stop to take like to working out like there are there are certain positions you can put these dolls in where the girl seems to be like oh this is a nice thing and other ones where she's like ugh, what are you doing what's going on here don't want to do that with no men ugh. and then your mum comes home and as long as the dolls aren't touching at the time that she comes home you're fine Ah, that's that's, how, the... that's what happens is you have to actively like I, I never failed it until I actively made an effort to push the dolls together and keep them pushed right up together until mum came in and then she's like she gives you a stern look and you look very very embarrassed that she's seen you doing a sex I see but so yeah there is a failure state Jim oh don't so really, I mean, it is... this as a not a game. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to discredit it as I was going to say some games, some games play very close to the line, and 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 while I would never say a game isn't a game, uh, some of them are some of them are just a bit harder to justify and yeah. a bit harder to um, to explain this is, this, why. This is, yeah, like this is something that was made in a like a forty eight hour game jam, and it shows because it is very light on interactivity mm-hmm. but like i think what it got right was it gets like the the excitement and nervous tension of trying to work out what sex is it, it nailed some of that this sort of like oh yeah i'm working it oh, oh, oh no no uh, no i'm not doing anything no 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 one's looking like it seemed to get a bit of that right i'd see but, i didn't find mm. it that um authentic because in, in that situation, one of the partners wasn't running towards the other one vomiting and crying, which is, in my experience, how it goes, either me or, or whoever I'm with. So it, I don't know how you do it, because that's not what sex looks like to me. Well, I le- what did I learn about sex from that game? I learned that if you put one of the dolls the right way up and the other one upside down and you push them together, that she, seem- she seems to quite like that. So maybe, maybe that's how, how sex can, can work. Maybe you can turn one of yeah, the people upside down. Yeah, one of you's always going to be doing a handstand. Yeah, one of you does a headstand and then mm-hmm. it can work. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did have a, a go with the various uh, positionings, you know, turn one head so it's just aiming towards the crotch and then smash them together. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my upside favorite down. Was to push, my favourite was to push them together and to just hold down both the rotate keys. So they just kind of wriggled around together and then they got on the wrong side so the one that was meant to be on the right was on the left and then I couldn't make oh, them move yeah. apart because yeah. you could, like, glitch them to the wrong sides. and Don't cross the strings. <laughs> Yeah, because then you'll be stuck in a sex. You will be stuck in a... Uh, to its credit, it, it is free. I mean, it's on Steam right now. Yeah. It is free. I was impressed to see it on Steam, because I like. I know that you can get free-to-play games on Steam, as in games that have microtransactions and you don't pay for mm-hmm. otherwise, but I didn't realise people could just put free stuff on Steam. Yeah, I mean... Like, I, I completely forgot about that until I was like, oh... This free game is on Steam, which makes it much easier for me to capture footage of. I know one of the comments um, in my YouTube video of it was, um, they, they said that it, it's a condition for winning the Game Jam or being a finalist in, in some festival or something, like you get on Steam. Mm. That might have something to do with it. Uh, I'm Possibly, trying to look it up but... now because, because the response to it on Steam has been quite something. Uh, let, let me... <laughs> Oh god, I remember reading through these uh, reading through these comments. They were quite, quite something. Yeah, um, people forget that the sarcastic reviews on Steam nevertheless show up as as genuine, regardless. Uh, which is yes. why this game that I mean, it's actually got more dislikes on on my gameplay series um, <laughs> than any other one, I think. Um, <laughs> which isn't much because my like to dislike ratio is is very weighted, I guess, because because people come to my channel because they want to be there but this they one they come there for a very specific thing and if it's not that very specific thing then they don't like it but yeah this one people were angry that that it exists and yet you go on steam and it's got 967 reviews with a very positive um thing which for a game of this level is is like a game like this would normally get about maybe 10 reviews on steam uh, yeah. rather than close to a thousand much less very positive um all of them seemingly of, sarcastic. Yeah. Well, it's either they're sarcastic or there's a lot of people that like like the idea that it exists and are overlooking the potentially poor execution. Yeah. And being like, ah, it's a game jam game. It can be bad. And it's like, no, don't don't give it credit just because it's a game jam game. It can still be a bad game. We got things like um, one review says harder than Dark Souls Two, recommended. <laughs> uh, all of them with like tiny like like zero point one hours on record. Uh, except well, for I this think it's one. hard to put more I think it's hard to put more than that into that game <laughs> yeah yeah although um, Noxa Eternia here um, has 83.8 hours on record I think really? that might have, I think that might be one of the devs though I'm not sure um, <laughs> who knows uh, let's see acid monkey says interracial gangbang DLC when recommended <laughs> um, it's kind of like a, some of them are genuine. Uh, the classic, I'm 12 years old, what is this? Recommended. Um, Nikos3242 still has more gameplay than The Order 1886. 10 out of 10. Ah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is... I think a lot of them are, are meant to be a joke, but I, I've pointed this out on other ones before, like when there's a, a good game that people are negatively reviewing with sar- sarcasm. It's like... You, it will just show up as a negative review well, or a we, positive we review. We talked about this, I think, last week. We talked about, what's it, Poe's Law? That yes. like, any kind of sarcasm, if done well enough, is indistinguishable from the truth 
And if you do an, a sarcastically bad or good review, if you do it well enough, people will think it's a sincere review on the opposite side. And the, sh- the ratings show up the same. I, I actually explained this when I used hmm. to do um, uh, another podcast, when I did the Dismal Jesters with Jonathan Holmes and Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, I had to explain to people that when you go on iTunes and give the game a joke negative review and give it one star... It's a one-star review. Like the, <laughs> yes. It doesn't take... The, the cold, hard numbers don't take into account the the context or the tone. Uh, yeah. You did just give us a one-star You did just slate us, uh, mm. whether you meant to or not. So it is... I always find that interesting. It's always worth remembering on Steam reviews or any other reviews, you know, Amazon or whatever. Um, the numbers you use, the stars or, or the thumbs up and down, they, they, they will register genuine. Uh, sincerely, yeah. no matter what your motivation is. So always just just think about that. I'm not saying don't do it. Yeah. Just think about what it is you want to do when you do it. Indeed. Also, I'm going to take a huge steaming like side note here and go on a, talking about a different game. There is a game called Solarix. The developer sent me a code for it. It made me feel horrendously motion sick, more than any game has ever done so in the past. I told them. I got six tweets four emails from the development team being like, have, have you gone into the command console and, and changed the field of view and the mouse sensitivity? I was like, I will try that down the line. Don't feel like putting more time into it right now. And since then, I have had a further four emails asking me when I'm going to play it again. Jesus. So, uh, Solarix dev, devs out there, I'm not your biggest fan right now. Yeah. There we go. I wanted to get that out on some kind of podcast. No, no, I'm no, not I... giving I'm not giving you a review right now because you're being pricks. Yeah, um, there is a fine line between good PR and just just overwhelming someone. Mm. And I mean, bear in mind how how much how how many communications reviewers and, and other games media deal with all the time. Uh, whether you're covering games for YouTube or writing a review or whatever. Um, you cannot be the special one. Mm. You cannot yes. be the, the the snowflake that gets extra attention, especially when, to make your games playable, uh, you are making the player go into command consoles and things, which I've always yes. had a big problem with. When the excuse, when the, the justification for something the game does wrong is you can fix it yourself if you go through all of these unnecessary steps. Uh, <laughs> I instantly yes. lose goodwill there, and I'm not going to go above and beyond for you, um, much less if you're you know sending multiple tweets and emails at people. Don't do it. Yeah, it's like, hey, you you gotta take it that, like, someone who... Like, I took the time. I saw their email. I was like, okay, I will download this on Steam. I will give it a look. Like, that's more than most emails to me. That's further than most of them get. I took a look at your game. It made me feel horrifically motion sick, and I said, I will give it another shot, but I have other things to do right now, and I'm not gonna prioritise trying to work out why this made me feel like vomiting. Yeah, yeah. That's not the top of my... For, for your probably mediocre game, that is not the top of my priority list. Solarix. So, yeah, Solarix. I'm going to keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, Solarix. Um, it's, what, how do they describe Solarix? I, I feel bad kind of now that I'm, I'm bashing them on the thing <laughs> I do that has a lot of people listening, but they annoyed me today like today i got like more tweets and more emails i was just like really 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 um solarix a stealth horror game available in q2 2015 on steam influenced by classics such as system shock 2 and the original thief games we hope it is something that will interest you i'm looking at it now uh so okay let's see 
Yeah. So I, I emailed back being like, hey, I have a code already, the one that you gave me. I will get around to it at some point. And they were like, well, can, can you get someone else to cover it? And I'm like, no, I, t- I took the code. I'm going to, I'm, I'm the personal staff who's going to do it. And I'm sure as hell going to mention that it gave me horrible motion sickness on multiple attempts at playing it, which games don't generally do, and that you asked me to go into the command console to try and sort that. Interesting. That's going to that's gonna come up. I'm not going to pass it to someone else and be like, ah, oh, we'll just pretend that never happened. Yeah, you don't gloss over... Sh- ah, Kiss Limited. There Kiss is a Limited. name I remember. Okay, what did Kiss Limited do? Let's see. Ah, yes. They have done such games as Black Bay Asylum, which is a top-down oh. horror game that is... Um, how do I best describe this? Uh, uh, incredibly offensive. <laughs> I think that's the best way of, of uh. describing that. They've done some. They they actually have a few classics up as well. Um, Nosferatu: The Wrath of Malachi is an old um, first-person um, old FPS horror game. Uh, Realms of the Haunting is a game that I really like. Um, but bear in mind that game was when was that originally released? December thirty first, nineteen ninety six. Uh, and they've brought it to Steam more recently. Um, they are very much uh, a, a hit and miss uh, kind of thing. Well, here's the thing: it's I, I started this game off, and the f- I got literally thirty seconds into it before I had to go outside and like get into a position where I could vomit if needed. Jesus! Like something about how that camera moved made me v- vomit state very quickly. But in what I saw. It looked kind of like the beginning of Alien Isolation, mm-hmm. but the corridors were all incredible. Like, it was the same assets used all over the place, so I couldn't work out where I was going. Oh, like, every yeah, time I turned a corner, like, it was one of those, like, every room is identical to a floor, where I leave a room, make a couple of turns, I've entered a new room, but I think I'm back in the room I started in, nothing, and get frustrated, yeah. not realising that there are some boxes piled up on the floor that in this room, if I move them, I can continue going down a corridor. Whereas I just glance in and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm back in the same room. I've obviously not gone the right way. Interesting. I'm going to keep was... an eye on this one, because, I mean, it certainly looks like the kind of game I cover on my YouTube channel. I certainly won't be uh, asking for a, a, an advanced code. Like, if, if, if I find out that people make themselves <laughs> difficult to work with and start acting a bit entitled if they give you a review code, it's like... I'll get it on my own time. It's the number of times I was chased up to ask if I was going to cover it was like, well, I've told, I've told you on Twitter and email already, this will get covered, but you're going to have to wait until I can work out why it makes me want to throw up everywhere. Sure. Yeah. It's like, you're going to have to bear in mind, like not, not necessarily your fault. Maybe I'm an outlier, but it happened. So you're going to have to wait a bit. I mean, games, it, it, it's certainly not the only game that does that. Like, I get that you want to try and make the thing immersive, but when you're wobbling shit around so much and, mm. and, and all that kind of stuff, like it, no, don't do it. I, be, I bet they wanted Oculus Rift support for this. There's something about uh. games that wobble about and go really bad with the fucking first-person sicky <laughs> stuff that, that mm. makes them... I don't know, again, it might be that thing. It's like, well, we've made all these quote-unquote realistic uh, camera animations. Yeah. Uh, if you put Oculus Rift on that, that will be really immersive. And it's like, no, it'll just knock me fucking sick, mate. <laughs> well, the shame is that like, the assets themselves look really high quality and there was some nice voice acting going on. Mm-hmm. 
there were some of the things that would make me look at a game and be like, yeah, this is a game I might keep playing. Uh, oh, oh, well. Yeah. So that's that's my little rant at Solarix done. Well, that's good. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, horror games and Oculus Rifty things, I mean, VR is another thing that's in the news again. Yeah. With the, uh, what was it? The, I keep wanting to call it the Valve Vulva. Uh, was it the Valve Vive? Vive? I think it's. I think it's the Vive. The Vive, uh, which just makes me think it's full of like like big mutant wasps. Um, but the Vive uh, is a thing. Um, I'll be honest. Like, I've, I really don't get excited for VR stuff. I recognise it's cool and awesome, but to me, I only ever think of very very rich tech journalists <laughs> when, when I hear about things like uh, yeah. VR headsets and all that, they, they're really you know we, we, when you talk about the concept of privilege that <laughs> is it, like like the tech Only journalist a VR headset is is definitely a, a, a privilege that not everyone can uh, justify like it, it, it's, it makes me think uh, heavily of social divide uh, and mm. and why um, I don't know I just I, I think it was Holly no. Green who was talking about how coverage of, of VR stuff is often not that useful for average um, readers, especially gamers and yeah. stuff, because it is so... Like, not only is it is it very expensive, um, you know, there are issues about people with um, gl- who wear glasses. Uh, you know, there was mm. talk about, like, Sony's Morpheus headset. No one's talked about whether you can wear glasses or shit with it. Um, yeah. People who, you know, like I, I myself am a, a very regular migraine sufferer, uh, so I certainly wouldn't want to use it extensively. Um, there's just, and people who, you know, have eye problems, you know, there are all sorts of eye problems. Mm. It's a very prohibitive technology. And when something, yes. yeah, when something's that prohibitive, when it's not only, when it's costly and it has, you know, various medical issues involved with it, when, when the more and more an audience um, is shaved, like a potential audience gets shaved away with prohibitions, like the less I want to cover it, like I've had no real reason to ever want to cover yeah. Oculus or Morpheus or stuff like that. Yeah. Virtual reality is a really weird one because, like, as you said, there are a lot of very prohibitive aspects to it. But, like, on the other side, there are lots of aspects to it that are very much, like, best compared to something like the Wii, where it there are certain aspects of that technology, if you could get it into people's hands and get past the, um, the health-related, like, eyesight-related barriers to it, mm-hmm. it is a technology that requires very little... little uh, it's a technology that requires very little core literacy in terms of technology or video games to understand the utility of. Right, yeah. Like, you can stick that on a child up to an elderly person and they will understand how to look around in it and they will understand the appeal of a virtual reality. It's, it's a very... It has a wide appeal and it's very easy to... It's very accessible as a piece of technology... If it's already on your head, it's very understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very strange. Like there are t- uh, like I've I've borrowed um, the f- uh, an Oculus Rift in the past for a couple of couple of titles that I was um, covering, and there have been a couple of projects that I have played, and I've really kind of like I know I can't afford to do it, 
but there's the little bit of me that would really love to have a VR headset just for these couple of experiences. Like there is, um, there is one game I played at Eurogamer last year that was made by the UK's National Film and Television School, which was called Pixel Rift. And it's all about you playing through this young girl's life, the various stages of, of her gaming life. And you've got an NES controller that's sort of hooked up to a computer and your virtual reality headset. And it knows that you're sat in a chair with your hands in front of you on a D-pad and two buttons. So it'll do things like um, you might be sat in a classroom playing your Game Boy under the desk and keeping an eye on the teacher trying to like, make sure she doesn't see you playing it. And that worked really well. And there's also this game called Radial G, which I really like. That's a sort of F-Zero-esque game that uses virtual reality to great effect. But, like, despite my love of some of these experiences, these very specific experiences that I very much enjoyed and have made me desire this technology, even if it's only... So like, if I was given one, I would happily take it and I would use it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it is not something I would purchase with a view to using extensively it's it's a very strange one um like talking a bit more specifically about this valve um vive 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 whatever it is um their headset i think theirs is an interesting uh, they've made some interesting decisions that could like if you are interested in virtual reality could make them a front runner or at least secure them in the pack um very solidly as in terms of how VR goes, just because A, it's being produced by the biggest video game distribution, digital distribution platform on PC, mm -hmm, true. which means that like there are a lot of ways that they can incentivize development pipelines for their VR headset over, say, Oculus. Um, like if they were to say, okay, if you want the virtual reality badge on your game or a game's Steam page, it has to conform to these specific requirements, which conveniently match up with our headset rather than Oculus's. Yeah, they could. Like, that is true. Yeah. They have very advantageous things going in their favour. Also, the fact that they are the first of like the, the big three gaming virtual reality headsets to have said, we're going to have a consumer-level product to market in 2015. It's going to be this calendar year. Like, they're the first ones to nail down when the consumer product is coming. Yeah, that is important. So, that, mm, as well as well as that, I mean, I really think this if this VR war, if indeed there's going to be a war about it, <laughs> is, is going to be sort of won and, or, or at least secured heavily by whoever makes the most affordable one first. I mean, mm. once, you start, once you start getting it to the Wii price range... Um, yeah, that's when you know because I, I idly looked when you up get it prices. to the when yeah I said I, I idly say, looked up prices for Oculus yeah. and stuff and almost had a miniature heart attack. You know? <laughs> oh god, I did the same. But here's the thing: like, if you can get it to the price range where it could be a middle class family's family Christmas present, yeah, like the Wii was, where it is that this is the thing that we're getting for the family as our sort of middle class saved up for it for a while Christmas gift that we saw at someone's house and were slight and like thought was really fancy and we'd like to have in our house if you can get it to that sort of price range that will be the company that like it picks up and I think I don't know of the three I think that 
Morpheus currently has the f- most ground to cover. They may be, like, from what I've heard of, like, people who've gone hands-on with them, theirs seems to be the best piece of kit, but it's probably going to be the most cost-prohibitive and locked down to a single platform. So, yeah, so Sony's Sonying uh, it, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're Sonying it. Like, it's going to come down to... HTC are very good at making good quality, fairly cheap, if needed, electronics and screens. Mm-hmm. And like they're already in the smartphone market, so they've got a lot of the components that would go into this already in manufacture. It, I guess it depends on who Facebook decides to go with as a production, as a manufacturer for Oculus, I guess. Yeah. When it goes mass market. Oh, that all got very serious for a second. Yeah, yeah, we all t- we were doing all business talk, like like real people. Um, Put on a virtual reality headset and jack off, and you won't know if anyone's watching. Yeah, fucking fucks. That's where it, what it all comes. Talking of jacking off now. Oh, if, that's a segue. Okay, that's good. Uh, talking of jacking off, um, Metal Gear Solid Fives. Uh, special edition there's no way i'm not going to at least try with that robot arm they've got yeah it comes with a robotic arm and yes people are gonna jack off using it because who doesn't want to get jacked off by a robot i'm gonna give it a go i mean any anybody with you know who's if you're into big boss if that's your thing (laughs) this is for you um well the big benefit to this is unlike an actual robot you don't have to fear this robotic arm like malfunctioning, gripping tighter than it should, and um, moving faster than it should. Which is a nightmare of mine. Which that is like the the horror scenario of robotic arms and masturbation is the fear of what if it grips on too tight and rips rips a penis off. Well, I mean or that's that's what the Terminator films are all about, right? It's like what what if the robot arm accidentally punches so hard that it punches through my vagina into my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Doomsday Skynet scenario right there, is the the vagina punch. And thankfully, this robotic arm is not connected to a computer, so it can't accidentally punch through your vagina into your brain. Thank the Lord the JJs are safe, at last. Um, So that's that's a thing. So we've... Hooray, we saved ourselves from seriousness. Metal Gear Solid Five uh, has got its date. Was it first of September uh, for consoles, and then like the fifteenth yeah. for PC or something? Um, plus, unless it, unless it, you know, no, of course it wouldn't. It, it couldn't get pushed back on PC. That never happens oh, to big PC. Never games. at all. Uh, oh, no, never. Now, like, like Watch Dogs, and unfortunately, like. Um, an increasing amount of games, uh, in order to fully understand the amount of shit coming out for Metal Gear Solid Five, you need a spreadsheet. Uh, the amount of pre-order bonuses and DLC packages and special edition shit that was announced uh, today is... Like, I said on Twitter earlier, like it's getting to the point where you're going to need ancient scrolls with prophecies daubs on them in blood in order to work out, like, the totality of all the shit that yeah. comes out for AAA games now. Sorry, I've just got really distracted. Um, on one of my work email addresses, I've just been sent an email by Pornhub about viewing habits of elderly people and what old people search for on porn websites. <laughs> I hope this is an official press release from a porn website. I hope robot arm <laughs> safe masturbatory um, instructions is part of it. 
Unfortunately not. Um, apparently Japan has the highest average age of pornography viewers at 41.1 years old, while India mm-hmm. has the lowest at an average age of 30.3 years. Mm. Um, apparently 20-somethings like to search for... The, the most popular search for 20-somethings is stepmom, but 50-year-olds prefer massage. Oh. Um, oh, God. Why is this in my video game industry email inbox? Pornhub loves working with game stuff. Oh, I mean, they I love, love porn statistics. people love, love game stuff. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just can't focus on video games when it's like, oh, um, the older you are, the more likely you are to use a desktop to view your pornography, and the younger you are, the more likely you are to use a mobile phone. Interesting. And, yeah, I'm closing this email. I can't look at any more porn <laughs> stats. I really can't. Sorry about that. Where were we? Um, Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> Metal Gear, we were talking about Metal Gear Solid and <laughs> masturbation, so uh, that kind of fits. But, yeah, so this is another game that's launching with a spreadsheet's worth of DLC, which I find disappointing. Um, is, is any of it, like, good? Is any of it worth looking at the spreadsheet for? Uh, as far as I can tell, there's a lot of weapons... I mean that's normally the thing. Oh, in-game stuff. It's in a lot of it's in-game stuff. Let me. Um... I I I have vowed to myself I will never pre-order for something like in-game. We've got uh, let's see a lot of it's in the collector's edition. Then we've got the day one edition, uh, both <laughs> physical and digital. Uh, Ground Zeroesy stuff, uh, pre-order stuff, data transfer stuff from Ground Zeroes, and uh, the bundle DLC. Uh, We've got things like... Sorry, I'm I'm having to talk away from the microphone a bit to read it because of the way my awful recording... That's fine. I'm leaning leaning away from the microphone so I can eat my uh, prawn cocktail spirals. Lovely. Yeah. Um, Let's see. The physical includes... The physical contents are... Half-scale replica of Snake's Bionic Arm, uh, behind-the-scenes documentary and trailers, collectible steelbook, exclusive packaging, and a map. Ooh, helps to have a map. Uh, we've got the let's see the digital contents are a lot of, a lot of weapon shit. Windurg yeah. RS three 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 combat special, the Adam Scar special, the Machine and Takish pistol five vice, the Rasp short barreled shotgun in gold, personal ballistic shield in var- variety of colours including olive drab, silver, white, and gold. Uh, cardboard box, rocky terrain. Cardboard box, all-purpose dry land. Cardboard box, we- we've come to this. But we are now having in-game cardboard boxes. Uh, and of course the old, um, you know, costumes, various fatigues. Black ocelot, grey urban, blue urban, and all-purpose dry land. So th- there's a lot of fucking stuff to get with uh, the Phantom Pain. Jesus. How are your prawn spirals, anyway? Okay. These are budget prawn spirals. So this is uh, Bobby's Big Bag of Spirals, their twisted prawn cocktail flavour. 99p. How much of them do I get for my 99p? This is corner shop quality prawn spiral potato snacks. Um, I get 80 grams. 80 grams in my big bag, which is more than your standard 30 gram bag of crisps. by considerable way. Yeah. 30% less fat than standard crisps. That's okay. So here's the situation. These crisps have a good prawn cocktail flavor, but they're spiral crisps. And like this, the flavor on them is only really any good if you can get, make a good bit of contact between your tongue and the flavoring before you swallow. 
Right, are they, and is the flavouring kind of in the ridges of the spirals? Yes, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, it's not on the outsides, but it's in the spiral. So the only way to get any kind of good flavour out of these is to pop it in your mouth, manoeuvre your tongue you into to the tongue gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta you got to flick your tongue around in the gap. Use, like, the sides of your tongue to make it rotate in your mouth so you can, like, <laughs> lick out all of the prawn cocktail. And then you eat the crisp. That's too much effort. I want to eat my food. I don't want to eat out my food. Yeah. it. Yeah, this is the problem. It's, it is a good prawn cocktail crisp when it's good. And, like, some of them have more prawn cocktail on them than others. It's not an even distribution throughout the bag. So sometimes in the bag, there'll be one where I won't have to tongue it. It will just be there ready to go. Mm-hmm. And others, it's like, if I want to get anything out of this crisp... It's going to take extensive tongue work. Uh, Good thing I'm so dexterous with my tongue, but that is like that is a blessing for me, a curse for anyone who's not as dexterous as my as myself. That's it. Like they, again, we're talking about prohibitive. Like they worked out the cost issue, but you need a, you need tongue dex in order to enjoy it properly. So yeah, like I can enjoy Bobby's big bag of spirals, but. Not everyone is going to be able to get the same value for money as it's me, and even then, I'm not sure I want to go to this effort. Yeah, uh, if, if if this is some you know free advice from the podquisition to the listener, uh, if you're going to enjoy Bobby's big bag of prawn spirals, consult a physician first. You know, um, get an appointment with your local GP, have your tongue checked out. I mean, it's something we all need to do every five or six years anyway. Uh, is have our tongue sort of, of wow. checked for dexterity and strength. Particularly if, like me, you're one of the lady lovers, it's very, like, this is probably a very good test ground to find out, is my partner going to be pleased? Well, how much flavour am I getting out of these spirals? Exactly. Uh, it, it is a good cunnilingual aid. Uh, uh, again, you know, doctors tend to recommend it. It's good for practice. Uh, it promotes uh, uh, tongue constitution. So Bobby's big bag of prawn spirals, mm. not for everyone. But what in I, the right what situation. I will, what I will say, they make a very, very satisfying crunch. Like, there are very few crisps that make this satisfying a... That is strong. Oh. That is, that's a power that is a pretty good. That is a pretty good crunch. Mm-hmm. Like, I will give it this. This is a bag of crisps that knows how to crunch. You know, mm-hmm. you say you're, you're, you're in a Frank Underwood position, you know, you're... You're the potters, uh, you're in power, you've got, got a sly Russian who's giving it all yeah. that. You've got a bag of Big Bobby Crisps, uh, one crunch, and he'll pull out of the Jordan Valley. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to get through that, that, that be the pa- person in control, you want to you have the power in this situation. You, you, you want to have the power. You crunch one of these crisps, they'll know who's the boss. Mm-hmm. And oh, then... God. Also, can I apologise? I just realised how much of a fat person I must look right now. Because <laughs> you want to know you want to know what's on my desk right now? I'm going to start from the left of my work desk and describe what's going on. So, right. Big Bobby's bag of prawn cocktail crisps, open, half-eaten. Of course. Pack of four special price chocolate cream cakes. Half of them have been eaten. I've eaten two of the four chocolate cream cakes. <laughs> A big bag of Haribo, like the, the strawberry laces that are, have the, the white cream in the middle. <laughs> right. That's the decadent um, one, yeah. Yeah, the, the decadent ones. A, a packet of Chewitt's brand regular strawberry laces, three quarters eaten. A bag of uh, yogurt-coated honeycomb, about 75% eaten. A packet of 
Super C, which are energy sweets from South Africa, a glass of Coke, and a bottle of Dr. Pepper. My God, it's a, And it's, this is all on my work desk. It's like a gluttonous version right. of the Generation Game <laughs> conveyor belt. Um, oh. That actually, to be honest, that is not the desk of a fat person. And I can speak from experience. The desk of a fat person is clear of all food. Because uh. you can't let people... If you're fat, you can't let yeah. people know you eat. This is this is the desk of a future fat person. Like my <laughs> metabolism this last few we- like this last few months has just completely plummeted, and I am hungry all the time. I forgot there's also a fizzer, which is another South African sweet, on my desk. Jesus. But yeah, this is like I am constantly hungry now, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not fat yet, so I can still get away with all this food. Yeah, you here. haven't had the shame's not kicked in yet. Yeah, so. This is, like, the stuff on this table is what's going to make me fat, but it hasn't made me fat yet, so I can sit so here and be It's not smug. a problem. Yeah, it's not a problem. And yeah. um, eventually, it will take its toll, and then you will not be allowed to eat, like, in public. I'm, like, you'll go to a, an event, there'll be a buffet on, and you can't go near it, because if you go mm. near it, you know everyone else in the room is going, look at the fat person eating food, I knew they'd do that. Uh, yeah. This is this is like I'm looking at this and I can see that I'm eating my own grave right now. <laughs> oh, oh, podquisition news for podquisition fans. Ooh, uh, you know my early access uh, proposal that happened. Mm, mm-hmm. It's gone into full release. Woo! It only took like two weeks, and I've got like a ring now and everything, and it's beautiful. That's actually that's better goings than any early access game I've ever covered. I know it's granted. The ring was, like, it, it wasn't the ring that she initially ordered that was, like, it's a little bit, like, she even over-delivered on her promise. She didn't go for the two rings for £3.50. She went and splurged an entire £10 on a ring, so. Wow. You know, I've got a shiny rock on my finger now. We're out of early access. Hooray. Congratulations. Full, unconditional yeah. this time. Congratulations. There is, no, there is no conditional required anymore. Go us. Excellent. Well, there you go. See, sometimes <laughs> things do come out in in from early access and are a finished product. So, <laughs> I need my I need my fiance now to put a game out on Steam early access just so that she can be like, yeah, buy it already. Trust me, I I I have I have a track record of releasing things from early access in a reasonable length of time. It's a recorded history of following through. <laughs> and you can take that to the bank along with yeah. Big Bobby's prawn. Crisps and big, a robot big, arm that won't yeah. punch through your vajayjay. <laughs> Do we have any other gaming news? <laughs> Let's see, what have we got going on? Uh, well, there is Five Nights at Freddy's 3, but what what's to be said? The only thing that's to be said about that is he released that without saying a word. It's still working well for him. Good on him for finding a. He doesn't have to do promotion. That's well, the best thing. Yeah, it's good. The 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 fact like the headline, Five Nights at Freddy's Three on Steam. That is all he needs. Yeah. If that YouTube new story gets written, he is fine. But like, good on that guy for finding a formula that he can cheaply and quickly iterate on, and that people go crazy for. Yeah, like I'm a, I uh, I don't get it. I've said this many times. I, I've played every one. I've done a video on every one because mm. I find it funny, me struggling to understand <laughs> it. Um, but no matter... Because it gets a lot of hate uh, yeah. now. But but one can't fault the business acumen on that dude. Yeah. Uh, like you well, said, you like... Yeah. 
He's he's found a very cheap uh, like he's found something that is it requires very few assets to be made. He can mm-hmm. make it very cheaply. He doesn't have to make a huge number of different animations. It's a very cost effective and time effective development timeline. He can focus on like primarily the ideas that he wants to iterate on. And he's got a captive audience. Like yeah, I, I have are to give it. him credit for that. I mean, I hear stories of children um, talking about the law and the theories and all this shit. <sighs> like he's created a universe that speaks yeah. to a lot of people. It, like I, it's obviously not on the same scale, but like I think that he he is that that well, it says something that I don't know what the developer's name is, but like that'd be it, Scott Cawthorn. Yeah. But yeah, but it feels like he needs to come up in conversations at the same time when we're having like as a counterpoint to someone like Notch, or as Notch had his like big one one big huge release that was incredibly successful for him. This is a very different kind of success, but it's equally a very impressive success story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he doesn't get that much credit because uh, you know because it's attached to the YouTube fodder thing. And then let's face mm. it, there is a. There is a case to be made for it being YouTube fodder. Um, yeah, but he play is someone who scream at it. Like, he he has understood how to create YouTube fodder in a way that doesn't feel disingenuous. It feels, it feels like um, what's the word I'm looking for? It feels honest and from the heart every time he makes something. There is a sincerity to it. Sincerity, there, there that's it. Yeah, it feels sincere. Yeah, every release feels sincere. It doesn't feel like cash grabs. Yeah, I mean, I've, and I've played like all three of them. Uh, and they are all they all have different twists on the formula. He's not just releasing the same game with you know different robots or whatever. Uh, it, it, every single one has its own atmosphere and flavor. Uh, and and I can't fault. Like I said, I don't fucking get it at all. <laughs> but mm. but no, I mean the he stumbled on something. I don't know what yeah. it is, but he stumbled on something. And and I uh. have to give him props for that. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have a thing that I want to talk about where someone fucked up this week. Ooh. So this is this is Sony of Japan specifically. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. For, yeah. So for about a month, Sony Japan was running a competition, and this was this was around the time that um, all those anniversary edition PS4s were all the rage. Where it's like, oh yeah, it's the big thing. Everyone wants one, and no one can get them, and they sold out in ten minutes and whatnot. And Sony Japan did a competition where they were giving away four of those consoles. And it was anyone who buys a PS3, Vita, or PS4 in this, like, between middle of December and middle of January gets entered into a prize draw and four people will win an anniversary edition PS4. And they collected everyone's entries and they picked out winners and the day comes around for them to announce the winners and... They can't find the file on their computer, and it turns out they accidentally deleted the file, the single file that had all of the entries and the selected winners. That is, and bad. no one remembers who the winners were. So they're like, "Hey, sorry, four people won consoles, and we don't know who they are. If you want, you can come on our website and give us your serial key and enter again." That is. But like, how bad would you feel? Like, there are four people in Japan right now who won an anniversary edition PS4, did not get told they'd won it, did not win it, and they're going to get given to other people. Mm-hmm. And anyone who entered, like, like the yeah, the anyone, paranoia that now must live with them yes. forever. 
I I didn't buy a PS3, Vita, or PS4 in Japan within that one month period, but I'm now paranoid that they've scammed me out of my anniversary edition <laughs> PS4. Could, could be any one of us. It was my fucking system, Sony. Sony, why aren't you sending it to me? Why the fuck are you giving it to someone else just because you lost the list that says I won? The only way to fix this is to give everyone in the world one of those systems. Or, failing that, if that's too cost prohibitive... Give two of them to me, two of them to Jim. That is a better system. Yeah, because, you know, you're still giving away four consoles. You're guaranteeing that the two very vocal people who might have won get one and are happy. And, like, no one else needs to know. No one in Japan needs to know that that the two of us were all four winners. Like, just tell them you lost the, the winner list again. Yeah, see, come on. Or you... make up some names. They'll never know. Just, you know just... what side of the bread needs butter in. Come Go on. on. Yeah. Go on. If you send them to us, we will never we will never say a bad word about Sony ever again. Because, you know, we can be bought for two PS4s. <laughs> That's all each. it takes. Well, <laughs> two PS4s each. And if, our if, anniversary edition. If I'm going to put my career on the line like that, I need a bag of Bobby's big prawn twists thrown in as well. So... Sony, okay, go, go to go to go to the local corner shop and buy some some prawn cocktail spirals of of Bobby's variety. Yeah, though you'll and, know which one it small, is. Not the small bag, the ninety nine p big bag. When we're not being skimped on like a thirty p bag here. Yeah, like it. You'll understand which bag it is. It's the one being bought by all the women with the strong jaws and eager tongues. So. <laughs> Look after oh, look after your friends is what we're trying uh, to say. <laughs> Jim, do you know anything about this Ubisoft thing that happened this week? Uh, I don't. Um, if if it's not Ubisoft fucking up, then it's not on my radar. No, I saw the headline. They're making a game that fixes lazy eyes in kids. Don't know how it does it. Nah. Oh well. <laughs> it's not a fuck up. I if it, if they'd fucked up in some way, I'd have read the article. They didn't fuck up. That I'm aware of, so I didn't read the article. Yeah, like, like, let give us a call when the kids go blind. Yeah, when when it's like, oh no, it doesn't fix lazy eyes; it causes them. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then we'll then we'll then we'll talk Ubisoft. When the kids' eyes have like fallen out and they're just dangling out the sockets on the no. bit of string, like then we'll care. It's fine. I've got a Google alert set up for that game now, so uh, when <laughs> everything starts to go wrong, I will be the first to know and. I will be emailing Jim at that very moment to be like, Jim, Jim, it happened. We have something to bash Ubisoft for. Thank fuck. Oh, God. Yes, please. Um, mm. It's good that it didn't do it this week. You know, do, if, if you can, Ubisoft, try and schedule your momentous fuck up. You know, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, just because then the next day we're here with Gavin and well, we can let him know. Because it. he if, needs do to it know. A week, do it a week when Gavin's not too much of a pop star to show up because... As we all know, no one loves having a go at Ubisoft more than Gavin. He's obsessed with it. Like, I, I tell him to calm down. I'm like, look, I don't appreciate a lot of what they do, Gavin, mm. but calm down. <laughs> oh, God. Um, um, is it, oh, what was that question we had? Oh, we had one question that was, that was decent-ish on Twitter. <laughs> Who had the okay question on Twitter? Um, was it Tim Ballantyne? Tim, yeah, Tim Ballantyne uh, wants to ask us on Twitter... What's the hardest thing that me and Jim have ever had to write and see published? Hmm. Do you have an answer for this, Jim? 
uh, I, sh- I I knew about this question in advance. I should have thought about it in advance. Um, well, you were too busy coming up with all this intellectual thought about Big Bobby's spirals. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot um, on your mind. I, I can't blame you for being distracted. There are several reviews, I think, that I've, I've certainly not liked writing. Um, I know that Aliens Colonial Marines was a particularly heartbreaking situation for me as someone mm. who'd been looking forward to the game that much. And then I had to sort of tear it apart. Um, whether it was hard or not, I'm not sure, because as, as, as much as I hated doing it, there was also a lot of indication there, because the game was just had been misrepresented so much by the devs. Yeah. I guess it's like the difference between emotionally difficult to write and as a writer difficult to write. Because I think they're two very separate things. Like I found yeah. I found it very hard emotionally to write my review of Gat Out of Hell because I've been such a big proponent of Saints Row Four. To see Gat Out of Hell be such a disappointment was Ugh, that was very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But equally, that was a very easy re- review to write from an editorial standpoint because it did so many things wrong that it made it very easy to write. Like, I guess the, the hardest reviews to write from a writer standpoint are always the ones where they're so painfully middle of the road. Mm-hmm. The, the, the five out of ten reviews, they're the ones I always find the most technically difficult to write. Yeah. Or, or more recently, um, I did a review for Resident Evil Revelations 2, Episode 2. Uh, and mm. I think I, I, I maybe managed to get over 500 words written and then stopped. Is, and even is that Episode was a struggle. 2 already out? Oh, yeah. Oh, Listen, God, that shows how little attention. I played Episode 1, and with its whole, like, there's a skeleton inside of you style ending, I didn't pay attention. I thought we were waiting longer for episode two. No, no, I think they're I out like once a fucking week. Yeah, something like that. Oh, fuck. The game was made. Like, this is... The game The game yeah, is this done. Is, this isn't them making it ed- like in an episodic format like everyone else. It's, no, we finished a game and we're going to piecemeal you out. Yeah, like, I feel like the game was, was done and then they went back and carved it up. Uh, and it's... Well, the it's ending of episode one would suggest it. that. Yeah. Is episode two any better? A, a tiny bit. Like, like from a story perspective, they throw in a lot more. Well, there's an actual, there's actual narrative development in this one. Um, you don't there are a say couple a of video game with some narrative development. Oh yeah, uh, there are oh, a couple of boss fights, uh, and uh, but that's about it. Like. Uh, all of the problems with the first one are still evidenced. Uh, and I'm beginning to think that the episodic format is actively harming the game. Uh, because, you oh, know... It, I, it, yeah, episode one, I was in no doubt that it was going to harm the game. Yeah, like it's... you got less than two hours of story apiece, and rather than an episodic game that's actually structured with to be an episode with a, each one with its own beginning, middle, and end, and a cliffhanger to keep you hooked... There's none of that sense of pacing with these. So you get to the end of an episode, your interest in it resets, and the next game you've got to rebuild it. And by the time you're at peak interest, it stops, and you lose all that investment again. So it's actually just ruining the pacing. Mm. You know what episodic game is, like the first episode of, was fantastic, and I have no idea what's happened to? Mm -hmm. Tales from the Borderlands. Feels like we've been waiting for fucking ever for that. That was, yeah, I mean, that was, didn't that come was out that, before the first episode of Game of Thrones I, and then the I second it, one's already I th- out for I that? I think it, I think it actually, I think it 
did come out after the first episode of Game of Thrones, but it feels like it came out first. Let me check my reviews. Um, they came out like within a week of each other. But they, yeah, they were very close together, yeah. Yeah, it feels like we've been waiting a very long time for something I was very excited for. Yeah, I mean, I was enjoying it more than the Game of Thrones uh, oh, episode. It is my favourite game, like, it is probably my favourite of the tell- like the new school Telltale games so yeah. far. Uh, At it, least it, based on its first episode. It came out before episode one of Game of Thrones. Did it really? Yeah, yeah, it was a... Uh... Have we heard any word on why it's... what's happened? No, I don't think there are problems. I think that this must be some deliberate scheduling on their part. Um... Well, they were saying, like... It, it, I assumed it would be like The Walking Dead, where it was one month Walking Dead, one month um, Wolf Among Us, and it sort of went back and forth one month each. Mm-hmm. This feels strange that we've not yet heard anything about more tales from the Borderlands. No, I definitely. Hope I we, hope that's not concerning. Soon. Yeah, cause... maybe maybe I'm wrong to be concerned, but. Yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying Tales from the... Mm. Well, I say been enjoying, there's only one to go on, but I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. Tales from the Borderlands more than either of the two Game of Thrones episodes so yeah. far. But that was... It had a really satisfying, like, arc and conclusion yeah. of its first episode. Like, it felt like a short, self-contained story that was leading on to something really interesting. Mm-hmm. And Which that, is how episodic games should yeah. be, Capcom. Yes. And the length of that gap is really killing my ability to be excited in it right now. Yeah, they need to tell I us something I keep thinking so. about it and being like, when, when, in, in, when, when's it coming? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> well, there we are. That's a good episode. That That's all in the bag now. Yeah, we did yeah. all right without without Gavin. Yeah, see, Gavin, we don't need you. <sighs> yeah, please, please come back, though. No. <laughs> we, 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 we do. Without without you, this show's going to go rapidly downhill, Gavin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there is only so long we can make cunnilingus jokes about crisps. Mm-hmm. And even then, well, we've probably done too much already. Um, but if we, people... I, I don't think we have done too much, but I think that, you know... Four or five episodes from now, we might do too much. That is true. And don't, don't rest assured, if we're left to our own devices, that is what's going to happen. Just just yeah. all the time. We'll get desperate and rely on, like, two jokes that we repeat over and over. <laughs> but... Oh, then it might become, like, old shows that you were involved in. Uh... Oh, that's... Oh, I'm, I, I, said a, I said a mean thing. I'm sorry, Jim. Why don't you go and join Gavin? But, but Jim... <laughs> <laughs> right okay now that you've been officially fired uh, from the podcast people might want to know where else they can see you um, where can they go see yo fired ass Patreon. <laughs> no, no, I should probably do that in an actual way where I'm going to self-promote. Fuck it, I'm not making jokes at self-promotion time. Absolutely. On t- I'm on Twitter at Laura K. Buzz. Uh, let you behind the curtain there, I wasn't actually crying. You can also back me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz, which just went over $1,000 a month. Woo! Nice. Yeah, and then just follow me on Twitter, you'll find all my bollocks there. Absolutely. Um, and the same goes for me. I've got a Twitter and a Patreon and all that shit. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Jimquisition. That's what keeps all the Jimquisition stuff going. Uh, and otherwise, I'm at 
youtube.com slash Jim Sterling and at Jim Sterling on Twitter and that's that we will be back next week Gavin should be back with us uh, and we will do another podcast probably yeah that sounds like a good yeah let's do that we'll meet again and why, do it again why not why yeah. not also fucking hell next, next episode we're going to have been doing this bollocks for four months that's that's, that's fucking scary I, I hate it <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> anyway later, talk to you later yeah. bye bye Ah. <sighs>